We're rounding up day one of the NFL combine specific to the New York Giants. What did general manager Joe Shane and head coach Brian Dable have to say during their media sessions? We're going to tell you and we're going to break it all down coming up next on the Lachlan Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia China here with you, and we are in Combine Week. We have kicked off the NFL Combine on Tuesday. Tuesday was primarily a media day where most of the head coaches and general managers spoke to the media for about 15 minutes a pop. And the Giants' Brian Dable, head coach, and Joe Shane, general manager, both took a turn at the podium, podium number five. Incidentally, they were sandwiched in between the Buffalo Bills uh, guys, since both guys kind of came from Buffalo. So I thought that was kind of a cute little um, approach there. But anyway, we're going to bring to you some of the highlights of what was said during the media sessions. And I'm going to break some of it down for you. I'm going to try and give you my interpretation and what I think it means for the Giants moving forward. So that all that is coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And we hope you enjoy the program. All right, Giant fans, first up on our list of things to talk about General Manager Joe Shane was asked about Daniel Jones, quarterback, and where things kind of stand with him regarding his fifth-year option, regarding, you know, what they think of him, um, how that's all coming along. And I'm going to play for you the audio that uh, Shane had to say in response to Daniel Jones. And in particular, I want to play for you the clip in which he speaks about competition at that position. So here's that clip. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to bring in competition everywhere, but Daniel Jones, is our, he's our starting quarterback right now. And again, listen, he was injured last year, and they had, to, you know, they had a backup quarterback. Again, if we did the same thing with Josh Allen last year, I think the backup quarterback is one of the more important positions in the league. So it's something we're going to look at and, and we're going to address. But it's not just quarterback. It's across the entire, entire league. I think building depth is, is going to be a priority. It may be a little bit harder early on, but... Um, as you continue to build your team over the years, you know, that's how you're allowed to create more depth. All right. So there you have it. Daniel Jones still thought up very highly by the organization. Jones, who is rehabbing from the sprained neck that ended his 2021 season, has been in the building every day to get treatment. And uh, you heard right there that uh, that he's also been hard at work, hitting the workout group and whatnot. And that's that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Uh, Shane also spoke about not wanting to compare Daniel Jones to Josh Allen, which I think is a smart thing. But I want to speak specifically about his quote regarding competition. Now, uh, I'll admit, when I first heard the, um, the, the, the quote, when I first heard it, when, and then when I read it on the transcript, the line about... Um, Daniel Jones is our starting quarterback right now. 
I thought to myself, oh, there we go. There's the qualifier, the right now, as in at this particular moment. And the more I thought about it, and then when I go back and I play the, the, the tape over and over to just kind of hear the tone and the inflection and whatnot, I don't think that Jones is in jeopardy of losing his starting job. I think when they talk about right now, they're talking about for the time being, for 2022. Now, that does not mean that things can't change because as you heard in that clip, Shane is planning to bring in competition across the board, not just at the backup quarterback spot, but across the board. And you know what, folks? I wouldn't expect anything differently, given that this team was 4-13 and last year. But I want to talk in particular about the quarterback spot. And uh, by the way, I'm not so sure it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. I know a lot of people think that Shane's going to go and make a, a beeline for Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Giants are going to maybe look to go a little bit more economical, if you know what I mean, but not to the point where they end up with another Mike Glennon situation. But let's talk about um, this whole concept with competition and what exactly the Giants are getting at. So... We all know what happened with Mike Lennon last year, how that was just a disaster. The Giants cut some corners. Daniel Jones got hurt. The quarterback play went down the toilet. And the team and the offense, which is already in, was already in the toilet, followed suit. So by bringing in a solid backup, and, and Shane himself said that the backup position is an important one. All right. It is probably the most important position on the team amongst the non-starters because obviously if your your starter goes down you want to have a solid backup in there so i have been screaming now for i don't know how long that daniel jones should not be handed the starting job in 2022 all right now chances are he's going to get it you know i'd be stunned if he doesn't i know john mara has says he anticipates he'll be the starter you know joe shane brian dable they've both spoken highly of daniel jones but under no circumstances, in my opinion, at any rate, should a, a, anybody from that offense, other than maybe Andrew Thomas, who I think proved his mettle, but no one on that offense should be handed a starting job. I don't care who he is. All right. Again, Andrew Thomas would be maybe my exception. All right. That includes Daniel Jones, who, as I have pointed out before, last year was his second year in the same offensive system. And we saw a lot of the same issues in year two of that system that we did than we did in uh, year one. And that to me was a concern. So you kind of get the impression that, you know, the Giants are trying to build around Daniel Jones. They're trying to build up a system that he can function in and excel in. And that's all well and good. But you also want to have a solid backup quarterback in there now the question is is where is that backup quarterback going to come from is it going to be the draft is it going to be free agency well you know initially i thought okay there's no way they're going to waste a draft pick on a quarterback but then i got to thinking what did joe shane when he was with buffalo and brandon Bean do in 2020 all right they had josh allen what did they do in the fifth round of that draft that's right, folks. They drafted Jake Fromm, who, by the way, is now with the Giants. So um, you can't rule out the Giants drafting a quarterback. And just because they do draft a quarterback, that's not somebody they're drafting to start. It could be a developmental project. 
um, maybe someone that they look to trade down the line if they develop the guy. It could just serve as a, a solid backup. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because if they do go that route, I still say they need to go and add a veteran because no offense to the rookies that are in this class, but if you're drafting a quarterback in round, say, four, five, six, um, chances are that guy's not going to be able to come in and, and, you know, not have a drop off if the starter goes down. So I fully believe the Giants will go hit free agency and they will bring in a backup um, that has experience. And again, I've mentioned Marcus Mariota as, as uh, somebody I wouldn't mind the Giants kicking the tires on, assuming, of course, he's he's affordable. But um, I, I think after hearing this, you can't rule out the possibility of the Giants maybe picking somebody up, picking up a quarterback later in the draft, maybe on, I don't know, early day three or something like that, or maybe even an undrafted free agent, who knows. But uh, I think the Giants are going to... to bring in some more depth and, and good for them because again you cannot go into the season especially after Daniel Jones has proven that he's an injury risk that's just you know kind of waiting to happen you can't go in without a solid backup plan and right now the Giants don't have one they didn't really have one last year and they need to address that with their resources all right coming up next folks we're going to talk Saquon Barkley so stick around all right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net is also the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news, whether it's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas games. Head on over to their website today. Again, that's BetOnline.net. And learn more about the trends and all the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. I am Patricia Trena, and we are recapping day one of the NFL Combine Media Day, uh, a day in which most of the general managers and head coaches met with the media um, to talk about their teams, the state of their teams, each session, roughly 15 minutes. Um, after each session was done, at least for the Giants at any rate, there were some what we call backroom conversations where, you know, the group of beat writers went in the back with, the, you know, the head coach or the GM and additional questions were asked uh, away from the melee that's usually surrounding the podium. So a lot of good stuff to come out today. I thought more so from Joe Shane than Brian Dable. No offense to Coach Dable. He's not a boring guy by any stretch of the imagination, but right now you can tell he's kind of walked in and focused on the task at hand. I thought Joe Shane was a little bit more forthcoming and offered a little bit more in terms of, you know, what the organization might be thinking. And speaking of which, this is a really hot topic, this next one. And it's actually something that on Giants Country and the Giants Country newsletter that I put out every night, it's a free newsletter. Um, you can find out about it by um, going to any Giants Country article. And, and at the bottom, there's a link where you can subscribe if you want to receive it. But I'm doing a pulse of the fans feature where every week I'm going to ask you a question, um, what you guys think. And uh, you tell me, you fill out, you, can, you click on the link, you can put your, your two cents in, and I'm going to build an article off of that. So right now, the topic that I'm working with 
is what the Giants should do with, with Saquon Barkley. Should they trade him? Now, Saquon Barkley has a $7.2 million cap hit. That cap hit is guaranteed. That is the option year of his rookie deal. So that was picked up last year. It is guaranteed for 2022. All right. So even if the Giants wanted to cut him, they wouldn't save a dime. They would have to pay out that money. All right. So what about trading him? Now that question was raised by a reporter um, in reference actually to the salary cap because the giant salary cap, as I have said many times on this show before, is a royal mess. As a matter of fact, on Giants Country, I'm going to have an article out on the salary cap at some point on Wednesday. Basically, um, at the end of January, I put together a plan on how the Giants can save over $40 million with some cap moves. And I've actually updated that plan a little bit based on some scuttlebutt that I've been hearing, plus a couple of things that I forgot to include in that first plan. So you will want to check that out um, if you are into the salary cap. But anyway, let's get back to Saquon Barkley. And... Um, it was specifically asked of him, um, and, I'll, and I'll quote you the question I have it in front of me. You obviously have to cut money. Um, how open are you to potentially trading certain players, better players, i.e. I Saquon Barkley being one of them? And let me play you the clip of what Joe Shane had to say about that. Yeah, I'm, we're still working through that, but I, I, I mean, I'm open to everything. Like whether it's, you know, again trading player for player you know i'll listen to anybody if it's it's, it's trading you know a couple players um you know i'm not going to say the entire roster you know we're open for business on the entire roster but if um anybody's going to call and and they're interested in any of our players i'll i'll certainly listen and again we're, we're in a situation where unfortunately we have to get under the salary cap and we're not very good salary cap health and you know again i'm not going to say yes to every deal and but i'm i'm definitely going to listen and i'll be open to the situations that are best for the new york giants all right. Uh, now, not included, I think, in that quote was uh, from the back room area. Um, it was divulged that Joe uh, Joe Shane divulged that the coaching staff has already put in some plays that involve Saquon Barkley. So they are proceeding as though they're going to have him. So that being said. I know we've had this debate here on the show. I have mentioned that I would not be upset if the Giants traded Saquon Barkley for the cap hit, uh, for the cap savings, I should say. Some of you have responded and said, no way would I trade him. You know, why do you want to get rid of a good player? Why do you want to get rid of a, you know, like a franchise type of player? I'm thinking long-term folks. Now, some people have said to me, okay, well, what if the Giants keep him, see how he does to start the year, and then if, you know, things are going well, just look to trade him by the trade deadline. I don't think you want to do that at that point because, you know, unless the season is going down the toilet um, and and you have to have a fire sale, and, and let's hope that's not the case, by the way, because if it is, then we're all in trouble. <laughs> um, I don't think you do at that, at that point. I think if you're going to look to move him, you look to move them now. Now, there's also an argument against moving Saquon Barkley. And that argument is quite simply Daniel Jones. You know, you're trying to get the most out of Daniel Jones, obviously. This is a make or break year for him. Do you really want to take away potential playmakers from his arsenal? 
that's what the giants have to have to weigh. Now, if you were to ask me what I think is going to happen, there was a time I would have said, oh, there's no way Barkley finishes the year as a giant. Having, you know, kind of caught up with the scuttlebutt a little bit, I'm thinking the giants won't move Barkley. You know, it, it does make sense from a cap perspective to do it, but from, you know, if they're going to finally look to get Jones going and this offense going, I don't know. I don't know that you move them. I don't think they will. Uh, and, and here's the other thing, you know, if you do look to move them, what kind of return can you can you expect on your investment? You're not going to get a first round pick. I'm telling you that right now. You probably will not get a second round pick given the injury issues. If you're lucky, maybe you can get a third rounder and maybe a conditional fifth that becomes a fourth if Barkley stays healthy. So that being said, my takeaway from that quote is that the Giants are planning to keep Barkley. That doesn't mean that if an offer comes along that's too good to refuse that they won't look to move on from him. But it sounds like he's going to be one of those guys that I don't want to say is untouchable, but it's going to take a lot to maybe separate Saquon Barkley from the Giants. At least that's what it sounds like to me based on, you know, the scuttlebutt, like I said, on day one. So, all right, Giant fans, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk offensive line. So stick around. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but without the calories and without the sugar. Most Built Bars will fit just about any diet plan you happen to be on, and they are perfect for uh, for diabetics in that they only contain about four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and they are packed with protein. Most bars contain about 17 grams of protein. Built Bars are available in nut and nut-free varieties, and every so often they rotate different limited-time flavors on their website, BuiltBar.com. So head on over to their site today, BuiltBar.com, use our special promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% off your first order only at BuiltBar.com. Again, that code is LOCKED15. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast segment three. I am Patricia Trena, and we are recapping what was a pretty busy day, um, an information-filled day at the Combine, day one of the Combine, pretty much media day. Uh, most of the NFL head coaches and GMs took to the podium for about 15 minutes, including Giants head coach Brian Dable and general manager Joe Shane. And really Joe Shane, I thought, you know, his media session was a little bit more um, insightful. No disrespect to Coach Dable, but uh, by the time he took the podium, I think, you know, a lot of what people wanted to know was already addressed. And, you know, plus Coach Dable and his staff, they're still trying to, you know, gel as a staff and, and you know, get their, their uh, direction set up and get a feel for what they're going to do. So I think in time, you know, that'll be a better discussion to have uh, with him and his staff members. But for the time being, Joe Shane was of interest. And, you know, I want to talk about the offensive line now, because that is obviously a hot topic, given that the Giants have, I think, five guys under contract 
that are healthy and um, they're going to need offensive linemen. I think we can all agree upon that. There's no hiding that. So I'm going to play this next clip for you uh, from Dable about the offensive line and what he looks for when he's scouting offensive linemen. Yeah, it's a unique position. I mean, I think some of it's the makeup of the guys. You know, I think if, if you talk about a unit in terms of five offensive linemen, they all got to be working together and in sync. So, you know, I look at the type of guys, you know, we talk about smart, tough, and dependable. We've talked about that in our press conferences. I think you, I think you start there and then, you know, you move to the talent aspect. You know, do they... Do they have athleticism? Do they have strength? Do they have power? You know, what type of run scheme are we going to be in? What are we going to ask them to do? But, you know, I think it's, um, you know, an intangible position just as well as a physical position. All right. So, I mean, pretty much nothing new there. But I think what I'm particularly interested to see with regards to the Giants offensive line situation is how they go back and rebuild that unit. Um, I am of the opinion that the Giants will mix in veterans with rookies. Now, here's what's kind of interesting here. Um, you listen to most of the draft analysts, and they will tell you that uh, this is a deep offensive line class, which, um, you know, it, it appears to be. Based on the work that I've been doing on it, does appear to be a deep class. And there are two guys that maybe you can make a case for, for taking in the in the top 10, at offensive line, uh, North Carolina State's Ikem Aquano, and of course, Alabama's Evan Neal, both of them being offensive tackles. Now, some people have said, well, what about Tyler Linderbaum? I don't know if you want to take a center that high. Um, I guess that depends on the value at that point. You know, do, if you end up signing a veteran guard that can also play center, maybe you don't need to go that high. I mean, so my guess, my guess is, um, they don't go offensive line if, if those two tackles are off the board by the time they get to number five, which is a possibility. You know, they can certainly, you know, trade down if they want. They can look at round two if they want for the offensive line. But I came away with the impression that the Giants are going to do a mix, which is, again, what they should do. Um, you can't have, in my opinion at any rate, you cannot have an, an, an offensive line that entirely consists of all rookies. Now, the exception, of course, would be Andrew Thomas, who is entering his third season, but you cannot go in with, say, four rookies at the rest of your positions because, you know, you're asking, you're asking for trouble until that line gels. So I think it's going to be a mix. And, uh, you know, just looking at what else Shane had to say, um, you know, Offensive line is, uh, it's a critical position. Um, you know, if they don't fix that unit, it doesn't matter, you know, what kind of offense they design for Daniel Jones. It doesn't matter who his skill position players are. That unit's got to be fixed. And I think if we're doing, if we were doing rankings in terms of priority, I would have offensive line as number one. Um, I would maybe do, uh, Defensive line, edge rusher would be my second. Um, and then I would do uh, cornerback as my third biggest need on the team. So, you know, Shane knows it's a problem. He's not adverse to, to trading down if he has to 
or trading up if he wants to. Um, certainly they have the capital if they want to trade up. And here's a thought. I mean, here's a crazy thought. I don't think the Giants will do this, but let me throw it out here and, and tell me what you think, actually, because I'm kind of curious. What if the Giants really wanted one of those young offense tackles who maybe, you know, the, depending on the mock, whatever mock draft you believe, they could all, both be off the board by the time the Giants pick. So what if the Giants traded up? say with, I don't know, Detroit, to get one of those two guys. Would that be such a, a stretch? Would that be so outrageous? Would you throw the remote if that happened? I'm not sure, you know. I, I, it's something to think about. I think it's it would be an interesting proposition. But that said, again, offensive line is pretty deep. So they often say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I I don't know. I I... I if I'm the Giants, I keep both of those picks and I maybe go offense, defense, but you just don't know how that board is going to fall. That's the whole thing. And that's why, you know, when you guys ask me, what would I do at five? It, you know, would I go offense or defense? I can't really give you an answer because I need to know how the board would fall at numbers one through four before I say, okay, I would do this, that, and the other thing. So, um, yeah, the offensive line. Um, here's something else I'm going to mention because, you know, I hadn't mentioned this when I did my salary cap show and, uh, I am going to mention it in my article that's coming out on Giants country and it's, it's related to offensive line. So, um, a lot of people are thinking Nick Gates will be back. He'll be fine. Um, my gut feeling, you know, again, from kind of keeping my ear to the ground is that Gates could be cut. All right. If Gates can't pass a physical and I got to believe at this point he can't. And I'm basing that off of, you know, here's my disclaimer. I saw him in December coming off the field and he was walking with a really, really heavy limp. Now, obviously, we're in the beginning of March, so he could have gotten a lot better. Maybe he's not walking with a limp anymore. Maybe he has started to run. I doubt he has started to run given, you know, the injury. And I'm kind of basing it on what Richie Seibert went through when he suffered that gruesome fracture of his leg so many years ago. It took Richie Seibert two years to come back from that. I could see the same thing for Nick Gates. So that being said, if I'm the Giants and I don't think Nick Gates is going to be ready, you cut him in what's called a procedural move. You save the $2.195 million, which is his base salary. Um, I think he has a six-figure uh, dead money hit. I don't remember what the, what the hit is, but I know it's six figures, so it's not a lot of dead money. And then once he's able to pass a physical, you re-sign him for like a veteran minimum deal. That's what I could see happening with Nick Gates. Um, could I see that happening also with Matt Parrott, who suffered a late-season ACL? I don't think it's going to be worth it for him, to be honest with you, because you're not talking a big cap savings. But uh, certainly, you know, with these guys that ended the season on IR that have another year to go on their contract, to put them through that procedural move, you know, I did the same thing with Caden Smith, tight end Caden Smith, who was somebody I didn't address the first time around. These are just ways that you can collect added cap space. So I, I got off the offensive line for a little bit here, but let me just get back to that. Um, I would have no problem with a rookie right tackle as long as there was a veteran 
interior guy, uh, preferably next to him. All right. I would want a veteran right guard to help the kid along. Ideally, I would like a veteran center because, you know, you, you're going to need somebody to kind of keep everything calm and whatnot. And I, I do think Billy Price will get re-signed. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not re-signed. And then if you want to put maybe a rookie left guard next to, to Thomas at this point, I could I could live with that, I think. So um, that would be the starting offense line. Now, as far as the rest of the offensive line, you got to get guys in here for depth. And, you know, Joe Shane made a comment about how because it's such a deep, deep draft class, and this because a lot of the guys that went back to school after, you know, the 2020 season, they're now coming out. You know, they were granted an extra year of eligibility. Now they're coming out in the draft. You might be able to pick up a few developmental pieces, if you will, um, after the draft. So plenty of options there. It's just a matter of, you know, finding what you need. And quite honestly, the other thing with the Giants is going to be the cap. Are they going to have the space to do what they need to do? And if they do, then I think they're going to be in a lot better shape than what they are as of March 1st, 2022. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch. Don't forget to keep it here on the Lachlan Giants podcast for more coverage from the NFL Combine all week long. Until tomorrow, have a great one.